name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Christ is risen. So today is the third Sunday of the resurrection that we're celebrating the Feast of the Resurrection. And as you heard in today's gospel, it's again, we read and we pray the gospel of the Samaritan woman. And in it, our Lord talks about the living water and talks about worshiping in spirit and truth. But today we're going to be talking about someone who actually lived this. Somebody who is constantly drinking the living water and worshiping in spirit and truth and, and teaching others how to worship in spirit and truth. And this is, of course, St. Athanasius. As you all know, today is the feast of St. Athanasius. And I was going back to think about when the last time the feast of St. Athanasius landed on a Sunday. Because it's a blessing to be all able to gather here. Sometimes it's in the middle of the week and it's hard to really celebrate. And it, it was six years ago that, he, that we celebrated his feast on Sunday. And before that, it was five years before that. So it's very uncommon or rare that we have this blessing. And so we're going to be talking a little bit about St. Athanasius. And of course, we can spend days talking about this great saint, the saint of our church. But what we're going to talk about today is three of his titles. Abuna mentioned, Abuna Anthony spoke last night about the title of Def Defending the Faith, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But we're going to talk about three titles that are associated to St. Athanasius. And the purpose being, in these titles were given to him because of who he is. So the first thing is, obviously we know he's a saint. He's a saint. He lived a very virtuous life. St. Gregory the Theologian spoke of him in his, uh, after St. Athanasius had passed. And in his first line, he wrote a whole oration. He spoke uh, uh, about St. Athanasius. And I just want to read one line that he says that's a beautiful kind of picture of St. Athanasius. He says, in praising Athanasius, I shall be praising virtue. To speak of him and to speak of virtue are identical. Because he had, or to speak more truly, has embraced virtue in its entirety. Imagine someone speaking of someone, somebody and saying that somebody has completely embraced virtue in its entirety, in, in its entirety. Meaning that this is, when speaking of St. Athanasius, you're speaking about virtue. You can't separate the two. And this is such a beautiful understanding. St. Athanasius lived a very virtuous life a saintly life from a young age. Tradition has it that he, he had pagan parents, that he was not born Christian. There's some tradition says that he had Christian parents, some say that he didn't. Regardless, he grew up desiring to be a Christian, desiring to be a Christian. But it wasn't at an older age that he decided, okay, I want to, 
take my life seriously now. I want to work on my relationship with God. I want to change the things that are in my life that are against God. No, it was from a young age. Even tradition has it that while he was playing with his friends, like on the shore, like at the beach, and they were playing and they were, you know, messing around in the water, he then started playing and teaching them about baptism. And tradition has it that Pope Alexander saw this or heard about it and wanted to bring the whole group, especially St. Athanasius, in to continue to, to, to develop his growth in his, in his virtues and his, and his desire for a, a, a close relationship with God. St. Athanasius lived a life that was a life that not only did he speak about spiritual things, saintly things. He wasn't a teacher only, but he lived a life of humility, a life of many virtues like we just saw, a life that we could try to replicate just his life alone. Forget all his writings, just his life alone. A man who was humble, a man who was persistent, a man who had many, many struggles around him. And we'll get into a little bit of that. But a person that was living for Christ through and through. St. Athanasius says famously he be, about Christ, he says, he became what we are that he might make us what he is. St. Athanasius taught this concept, but also lived it. He strived to become who Christ is. And this is the goal of every Christian. This is, the, the, this is our standard, to become like Christ, to become one with Christ. And that's why St. Athanasius and other saints valued the sacramental life so much. This life that we, in order to unite with Christ, we must become one with him, we must take communion, we must be able to be constantly around him. Not only did he live a life personally of sainthood, but in order to do so, he also spoke and learned from the other saints. So many times we think, no, I, I need to work on this myself, I need to do this. There's no such thing as a solo Christian. We learn from those who came before us. We learn and we pick the virtues from those who come before us. That's why our church, in its wisdom, gave us the saints and the intercessions of the saints. In order to, to look at the saints and say, okay, St. Pope Carlos, I want to pray like him. St. George, I want to be able to, to, like, to continue through the struggles and all the, the hardships and be able to go through all the tortures in life and all, always be connected to Christ. Like, look at all the saints and pick and learn their virtues. And St. Athanasius wrote one of the most famous biographies in, in history, which is the life of St. Anthony, the life of St. Anthony. We learn so much about this great saint, St. Anthony, from St. Athanasius, who had a personal relationship with him, 
and, and spoke of him and was able to shine a light on the virtues of St. Anthony. So St. Athanasius not only worked on his own and, and was very, you know, to himself, no. He connected to those who are closer to Christ. And this is something that we learn from St. Athanasius. It's who you surround yourself with makes a big difference in your personal life, in your spiritual journey. St. Athanasius wanted to get closer. And if you notice the stories of, for example, in the Council of Nicaea, he was the youngest person there. We always mention 318 gathered in Nicaea. It's not 318 just regular people. It was 318 bishops gathered in Nicaea. And he was just a deacon, a layman, that went in with them at a young age. Tradition has it that he was around 27, between 27 and 30, that he was there at Nicaea. And he was brought there because of his life. And we'll talk a little bit about that. The next thing is we know him as St. Athanasius the Apostolic. St. Athanasius the Apostolic. But this one is a little bit interesting. When we say apostolic, we usually think of the apostles. St. Paul, St. Peter, right? The 70 apostles. Like we, we think about the apostles and the disciples that lived at the time of Christ or right after that were sent in different places. But you don't necessarily hear this about many people. That this title is not really given to them. But he's given the title of the uh, apostle because the word apostle means messenger. Messenger. He says something beautiful. He says, the holy and inspired scriptures are sufficient of themselves for the preaching of truth. He knew the scriptures so, so well so well that he himself was a messenger anywhere he went. He was one of the first patriarchs to write uh, festal letters. These festal letters were so important and they're still around and I encourage everyone uh, to, to, read, to read them because these festal letters, back then the festal letter was sent before Lent, or in the beginning of Lent. And when they were sent then, they would tell the people when the Feast of the Resurrection is. It's not now that we can just all pull up Coptic Reader and know exactly when the Feast is going to be for the next hundred years. They were there waiting to know from their patriarch, and this letter was, was sent all over in order to help and to teach. And in that, one of the letters in the year 367 was one of the most important letters that we have till this day. This letter was used to help canonize the Bible. St. Athanasius helped put together what the Bible we have now is. Because the Bible wasn't just given to us as a book, right? There's a bunch of different books, different letters spread over so many, so many years. And what the gospel 
what we have, the Bible that we have now, was compiled by Saint Athanasius. And so he he saw what was because of his understanding and knowledge in the scripture, he knew the scripture, he knew everything, and he put it to he put it together. He was able to say, no, this is what we need. Up till then, for example, there was controversy about Revelation. Should we put Revelation in the, the Bible or not? And St. Athanasius, in this letter, spoke about Revelation, so it was added. And St. Athanasius, as he, the, the, the writers, St. Athanasius and others like him, when they're quoting the scripture, it's because they have it memorized, they know it, they lived it. And so they were able to continue to share it with others. St. Athanasius also has a, a very important letter called Letter to, to Marcelino, which is a, a letter to discuss the Psalms. These Psalms, he, in it, in this letter, he talks about if you're sad, read these. If you're joyful, read these psalms. I think a few years ago in, in uh, spiritual competition, it was one of the readings. And it's how important it is to understand the power of the psalms. St. Athanasius, the Apostolic, understood this, lived it, and focused on the, the scripture and encouraged all of us to read it. He says, you will not see anyone who is truly striving after his spiritual advancement, who is not given to spiritual reading. He says, you can't say you're trying to work on your spiritual life if you're not doing spiritual reading. And, and first and foremost being the Bible and the Psalms. St. Gregory says, from meditating on every book of the Old and New Testament, St. Athanasius, with a depth such as none else has applied even to one of them, he grew rich in contemplation, rich in splendor of life, combining them in wondrous sort by that golden bond which few can weave, using life as the guide of contemplation and contemplation as the seal of life. Meaning that what gave St. Athanasius his life or what made him who he was, was his connection to the scripture, his understanding, his life in the scripture. Lastly, St. Athanasius, as, or uh, there's a few uh, titles, Contra Mundum, Against the World, or the Defender of Faith. He was able to not only, it's one thing to tell people to withstand peer pressure. You know, many people struggle with peer pressure on a day to day. Even if it's not said it out loud, just from what's going on in the world, the media, our friends. But this is not what we're talking about. Because St. Athanasius wasn't pressured by peers. He stood up against bishops and priests. He stood up against people who he felt they were wrong. St. Jerome says, if it had not been for, for, for Athanasius, a time would have come when almost the whole world would have become Arian. He stood up to save the world because of his understanding of theology. He studied God. 
He understood God. He was one with God. And so it's important for us to also defend our faith. But the problem is, the first question is, okay, Abuna, how do we defend our faith? Am I supposed to go and tell people that they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong? No, no, no. Defending our faith requires us to first understand our faith and to know it. In order to understand our faith, we must go deeper. We must look at what the church is, look at the scriptures, and go deeper. St. Athanasius says in his letter to Serapion, he says, let us look at the very tradition, teaching and the faith of the church from the beginning, which the Lord gave, the apostles preached, and the fathers kept. Upon this, the church is founded, and he who, and he who should fall away from it would not be a Christian and should no longer be so called. So he's saying, in order for us to be called Christian, we must know the tradition, the teaching and the faith of the church from the beginning, from Christ to the apostles and what the fathers wrote. And it's important for us. This is not just for those who are in servants' prep. This is for any Christian, he's saying. And this idea of understanding the, the faith is what made St. Athanasius who he is. Lastly, his perseverance. His perseverance. He, he was on the throne, the patriarchal throne, for 45 years. 17 of them, he was exiled. He was exiled five times. To understand what exiling means, it's not that somebody is just upset with him. He was removed from his throne. He was sent to a different island or a different place to be completely removed and not taken as a patriarch. This didn't happen one. One time would have been devastating. Two, three, four, five times he was exiled. But he still persevered. He still persevered. Imagine when something for us goes wrong, when something out of our hands happens, a struggle, the first thing we say is, why God? What did I do to deserve this? What, what did I do? I'm faithful, I'm coming to church, I do this. I, why, why, would, why would you allow this to happen? Now imagine St. Athanasius, one time, two times, three times, four times, five different times, 17 years, he was exiled and removed with no explanation. No, you would think he's defending the faith. How come God is not defending him? But he was. And he did this to strengthen St. Athanasius and strengthen the church. As we know, he wrote against Arius, many, many writings against Arius. And this is because of his strong desire to share the true understanding of who Christ is. He wrote one of the most famous, not only famous, but most important works in Christian text, which is On the Incarnation. On the Incarnation. This is a required reading for all Christians, not because of it, you know, it's not, we're not saying that because we're the Church of St. Athanasius, we should 
know on the incarnation, but it's because of its power and what the what he wrote about. The importance of understanding the true incarnation helps us understand salvation. So I pray that as we celebrate the resurrection and as we continue to grow in our spiritual life, we look at the life of Saint Athanasius as an example. We look at his life as a person who we don't just mention him when we mention the church's name or when we shorten even the name to Saint A, right? Or when we, or when we say at, at the end of, uh, when, when we were praying, we say through the incession of Saint Athanasius just because, but that we get to know who he was and who, what he wrote about and how we can learn from this and how we can grow in our own spiritual lives and glory be to God forever, amen.